This is a podcast from Minute Media. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Raina Troy Hotline. Alicia, Michael, what's going on? We know you have takes. We have takes. I'm actually surprised that your rant line, raid line, whatever, isn't completely full. Why can't we just win a game? Can I blame Michael Castillo for this? Can I blame Bob Connolly for this? Can I put on a zebra shirt and just go out there? Scratch. Up against the wall. Can't explain that what I'm feeling right now, guys. Let's open up that rainbow. Oh, I can't believe USC has escaped the Groundhog Day existence and has ended the Helton era. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Rain of Troy Radio. This is the Carcast after USC's. 45-27 loss to the Oregon State Beavers at the Coliseum for the first time since 1960. 1960. The last time USC lost to Oregon State at the Coliseum, Ted Williams was still playing baseball. JFK had yet to be elected. The Flintstones was still not on TV. It's been that long. NSC loses again. 45-27. Back-to-back home losses for the Trojans. Losing to Stanford a couple weeks ago. And now to Oregon State. USC is 1-1 one one in the Dante Williams era. A resounding second-half win last week. And a resounding second-half what I don't even yeah puke emoji sure yeah mm. uh this week uh I'm your host Mike Castillo journal with my co-host Alicia Deratol hello everybody hello um before we started recording I said I don't think we're gonna go that long which I know is a death sentence for us it's never happened yeah it's a death sentence but what is there to say well, I I mean, I even put in the slack, like, we don't even get to have the debate about whether or not USC should fire Clay Hilton after that loss. <laughs> like, it's just, it, it, it just is. It just, it is, it is what this USC team is. Um, it was nothing new. Um, no. It was... Well, um, there's one thing new that I didn't expect. What was that? The the defense. It's the severity of the defensive breakdowns. I I I'm honest with you right now. I think this was the worst defensive showing I've seen out of a USC team in my lifetime. Um, find a worse one. This is it. Oregon 2012. But Oregon and but Oregon 2012 had Marcus Mariota and Kenyon Barner and all those guys. I was gonna say the Chip Kelly offense. So so here's my here's my thing. I have a lot of respect for what Jonathan Smith has built at Oregon State, and I think as this offense I, is I. is a that the offense is their strength, right? Yes, and if but, Jonathan, not to cut you off here, but if Jonathan Smith was not an Oregon State grad, we'd be talking, talking about, about him, him as a in that discussion. Yes, actually, yeah, that's something that I saw on on Twitter. People going like, "Why isn't Jonathan Smith getting talked about?" Because he's an OSU grad, he, and I can't see. Him I just leaving. can't see him leaving. No. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he could, who who knows, but. Um, I have a ton of respect for what he's done with Oregon State, and this is now his signature win. And I and I'm almost like part of me is is at the point where I'm just like, 
good for you, Beavers. Um, I I'm happy for him that he that it's correct because we talked yeah. about it a couple years ago. Uh, SC didn't play Oregon State in 2019 when they went five and seven. They went started the year five and five. Looked like they were going to go to a bowl game and all that stuff. And we were like, they look kind of like a good team. And, well, and, and I, last I mentioned year they, they gave everyone a game. And I mentioned in the preview that like I saw some people asking the question when they lost to Purdue, like. At what point do we start expecting more? Like, at what point are we are we not happy with just the the moral victories or whatever of playing people close? And I think this is a reward for that program uh, to get this monkey off their back as far as the the, the Los Angeles streak and right. and all of that. But my my point being, as much respect as I have for the Oregon State Beavers and what Jonathan Smith has done, this offense is nowhere near the 2012 Oregon. Uh, offense no, or no. um t- talent wise i don't think it's comparable to the 2013 asu team that beat up usc um that got lane kiffin fired i don't think it's comparable to christian mccaffrey stanford um nope. you know I, I just don't i don't know that there that, that there's a, a great comparison what i will agree with you and i think that what stood out in this one was um and and this it was, is it was everything. Well, this is a question that I have: is there were breakdowns of the normal sort that we've mm-hmm. seen? There was physical, uh, just yes. getting out toughed in the trenches. Uh, yep. There was just it felt like these aren't breakdowns; these are physical beats. These are there was you're getting literally pushed everything. around. Yeah. And then there was also at a certain point. Did did this team just give up? Like did 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 the team just stop feeling like that? Like they were they were. It felt like they were done. Like it felt like they were done. And I think that that is the thing that stands out to me is as I'm not sure even the Clancy Pendergast defenses that that just fell apart. I'm not sure I had the same feeling of. This team just does not believe that this is going to happen. And I think that's the talking point that comes out of this game is like, and and I saw a quote from Graham Harrell saying that when the adversity struck, um, that they uh, they just sort of like, they fell apart or whatever. And yeah. I keep going back to that, uh, the Clay Hilton quote after the Stanford game where they got shell-shocked. Um, there's, a, there's, a, there's a mental toughness problem going on here. And... Uh, that is that is evidence evident in the two home losses that USC has suffered, where yeah, things just snowballed out of control. And and the funny thing is, things snowballed in the right way against Washington State. Yes, but uh, they they didn't for the it, first twenty nine minutes of that game. So it's like this team is 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 the two extremes. It's it's the. There's a f- switch of the flip and uh, a, a flip of the switch, and suddenly you're all good, or flip of the switch and suddenly you're all bad. I, I just, I don't know. I think part of it, and I don't want to read too much into this, but I think part of it is, first of all, I don't put too much stock into what players say after the games mm-hmm. because I think a lot of it is we talk about coach speak a lot, right? No, oh, there's absolutely there, players, but speak. there's players speaking, yeah. A lot of it is, well, how do you need to get better? Well, we need to execute, blah, blah, blah. 
and it's not really saying much, right? And and I don't blame players for that at all. Like it's just it's just yeah. how it is, right? Well, because at a certain point, what can you say? Can Most you of say? the time, right. there is nothing to say. So hundred percent. But one of the things that I want to say was Isaiah Palomao mentioned after the game was our defense is sort of predicated on making plays, and Chris Steele talked about this too. And like it's it like it's on us to make the plays, and we put our guys and. They're basically saying that you, you the defense puts guys in positions to make one v one plays, and when you don't make those plays, everything goes to hell. Yeah, and so I think the problem is when you have an off a, a defense um, that is predicated on creating flashpoints every single play. When it works your way, everything's going to snowball in your direction. When it doesn't, you end up with things like this. And and really what we've seen for the longest time, uh, we saw this with Clancy Pendergast, and we definitely saw it with Todd Orlando. Um, up until the last couple of weeks, they've been a little, a little bit different. But where this is a team who's susceptible to giving up the big play, because, again, if, it's, if you're winning your one-on-one battles, then you're fine, but the one time All you don't, it, takes, yeah. it, it might be the the one big player. We saw that yeah. against Stanford early on with the big long run, but outside of that, they stopped the run completely against Stanford, yeah. right? Uh, I think Stanford had like two yards outside of that long run, right? Yeah, or, or something. that was absolutely not the case tonight. Absolutely not the case tonight. And yeah. to me, this is why this was worse, was because you looked at like the chunk plays, and Oregon State only had one technically long run, uh, which is a 40-yard run by B.J. Baylor early in the third quarter. But they had, at that point, it was like eight or nine 10-yard runs. They were just killing you with 11, they 12, 13-yard runs. Yeah. And those were consistently because they were just building, putting up holes. They were just creating gaping holes in the offensive mm-hmm. line. They were or running the, the, the yeah. fly sweep, jet, jet sweeps, whatever you want to call them. And SC didn't have an answer for those. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they would build off of those and create other things. And then on top of this, and this to me is even bigger the thing, uh, is that usually when SC has a breakdown game, I think of the Stanford game from two weeks ago. SC stopped the run. Yes, they gave yeah. up that 87-yard touchdown run, but... That was one play, and again, beyond that, they didn't give up anything on the ground. Literally nothing on the ground. Yeah. They stopped the run. That was the game plan, stop the run, blah, 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 but they were susceptible to the pass. It's the whole, like, you got a blanket, you got to cover your head or your toes, you got to pick something, right? I'm not saying that's an excuse, but, like, that's what ends up happening in, in mm-hmm. these situations. Usually Sometimes when- you pick your poison and you're drinking poison. <laughs> you right, know? yes. In this game, there was no poison being drank. Yeah. It was just they got yeah, the what, poison what, in every sense. What was the game plan? Like, I, what were I, I they trying what, to take away? I don't from know Oregon what the game State plan because was because they they didn't seem to take away a single thing. No, they were susceptible <laughs> to the pass. They were susceptible to the scramble. They were susceptible to the run. Interior they runs, literally could not runs. stop anything. Yeah, the only time they stopped Oregon State is when Oregon State shot themselves in the foot, mm-hmm. which they did plenty of times in yes. this game. SC's offense did that too, and we're going to talk about that later. But the defense, I've never seen a defensive breakdown that was this bad. And again, you can look back to the Stanford 
games with with McCaffrey, but McCaffrey is the best player that SC has faced. Yeah. In the last fifteen years. Yeah. Undoubtedly, the best player USC yeah. has played. He's should have won the, the Heisman. Should have won the Heisman Trophy, <laughs> yeah. right? Marcus Mariota, you can argue, might be number two on that list. He was a right. Was, did he know, go he number one that year Heisman. or number two? Yeah, like he did win that. It's one thing to get beat up by Heisman winners, yes, or Heisman candidates. It's another to get beat up by Oregon State. Yeah, the only other game I think this could compare to is Boston College. Mm-hmm. But Boston College did it in a one-dimensional way. And Boston College was all on the ground. Yeah, it was all on the ground. It was on the road. It was the the nine eleven tribute game. Yeah. All that stuff. It was yeah. coming after the Stanford loss. Yeah. Again, none of those are excuse. But SC at least sort of was in it at the end, kind of not really. But yeah, um, this game was not that because yeah. SC was susceptible to the pass. Uh, Oregon State didn't throw the ball a lot, but when they did, they had massive success. So SC couldn't stop anything. And then when you compound that with what happened on offense, which was this situation where uh, we, we can talk about the third quarter being just horrendous for SC offensively and defensively. But I, I think SC lost the game in the first half because they had so many opportunities. The only time SC was stopped in the first half is because they did it to themselves. Mm-hmm. Literally, yeah, yeah. They yeah. they had the um the well the drops the, the drops. Taj I mean, literally, Washington, a drop led to an interception. Taj Washington had the ball in his bread basket, and it just and popped it rolled up. off of him yeah. to go into uh, a a defensive back's hands for Oregon State, and it's mm-hmm. an interception. Yeah. Later on in that first quarter, he's wide open for a first down. Mm-hmm. And starts running before he catches the ball. Yeah. Drops the ball. That would have been a first down. Two plays later, Drake London does the same exact thing. Yep. In the second quarter, there's a little comeback route where on third down, uh, Taj Washington goes to get it and off his hands. It would have been a first down. They have to punt. And so, like, that's two direct drives that ended because of a Taj Washington drop. Mm-hmm. And he's not the only guy dropping it. So I don't want to yeah. just say that this is Taj Washington's no, dro- Drops were generally a problem, but it was the nature of those drops. It, yes. it doesn't really matter who was having the drops. It's that they were coming on third down. Mm-hmm. They were ending drives. They were ending series. And and yep. and I think that they they played a huge role in the, the whole Graham Harrell, like when adversity struck thing. I think it just the 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 offense the offense looked like it could tear their way through Oregon State's defense. The running game looked great, but I yeah, loved yeah, the, I loved uh, how they were getting Keontae the, Ingram. Keontae Ingram involved like a in the boss, passing yeah. game too. But what but what ended up happening is slowly the you could just see the confidence of the entire offense erode until they just had nothing. Right. And and I think Keaton Slovis is a really good example of this because I think he 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 looked fine early on in the game. He had the the interception that really was not his fault. The only complaint I have about that interception was that he rolled into pressure and had to make a more difficult throw than I think he needed to. I think if he stands in the pocket, he has more time. But whatever, he still made the throw and the receiver let him down. Keaton was fine in the in the early goings. But just the little, just the steady stream of here's a drop there, here's a penalty there, here's a, uh, you know, a miss throw there or whatever. The steady stream of that, I don't think he ever got into a rhythm really. 
and he never gained his confidence. And my big thing about this game was going to be Keaton Slovis' confidence. That was going to be like my number one storyline for this whole thing was he looked dejected on the sideline last week. And what I wanted to see from him was a big bounce back game. And it just a few things didn't go USC's way. And, and you could just see the weight of things not going their way gather. Yeah. And then the irony is what went well the best for SC in this game? I think it was Keaton Slovis. I think when yeah. when Slovis was on in this game, it was the offense. I mean, the offense was able to put yeah, together drives in fine. the first half that yeah. they moved the ball Really smoothly. A great and, and it should have been a red zone touchdown. Like Yeah, like it should have been a shootout. If yes. the defense is gonna be that poor, then yeah. it should have at least been a shootout because the SC's offense was doing their part. But no, you had all these little mistakes. Yes, they were gifted penalties, but they had all these other mistakes that were besides the point. Mm-hmm. If if anything you can say that they canceled out, they don't really do that because the breakdowns were on third down. Uh, for the most part, that they and then they had to punt the ball away, but but yet you can say that the when SC was at their best in this game, it was because Keaton Slovis had some confidence going, mm-hmm. but there was just short bursts, and then when SC was at the worst in this game on offense, it was because there was no confidence in not just Keaton Slovis, but anyone, yeah, anyone on the on the offense. Well, and, and I, then I don't later- know how you could. I don't know how you could have confidence. Given the way everything was going, I mean, and then later in the later in the game, you know, I I think that US, the offensive line looked like they were losing confidence. There was the and third or, one that goes then back to back false starts. And yeah, then it's third and eleven. Yeah, the offensive line starts making mistakes, and I think uh, there's a element of I think you Oregon State's defense started to grow into the game and get more confidence, and that sort of. The, the the weight of USC's offense losing confidence and Oregon State's defense gaining confidence definitely doesn't help things. But it just it it all it was it was the inverse of last week. It really was. It was the inverse of all of a sudden things just started going wrong and they kept going wrong and, and it impacted the the I think the entire team across the board. Um I mean, I wouldn't be surprised, and I've talked about this many, many times. I'm, I've, I go softer on the defense as I tend to expect less of them, uh, just based on the talent that USC has on offense. But like, it just felt like the same way that the offense fed off the defense, fed off the offense, fed off the defense in the third quarter last week. It's like the defense fed off of the offense not getting it done and the offense fed off the defense not getting it done. And it was like a very negative feeding and the whole thing just went absolutely wrong. And that's, uh, you know, I, I, I think that that's that's a tough place to be in if you're a team that has an interim head coach that, um you know, has all the the questions hanging overhead and, and like part of me doesn't blame them, but also you just like there to be more mental toughness going on there. I, I, yeah. I spent much of this game sitting, sitting to myself thinking like USC's next head coach needs to watch this game, sit down and, and look at the tape and watch this game and sort of, I don't know if it's the, the culture needs to change the mentality if there needs to be a, a a culling of of players who fit or don't fit 
the uh, the the, right. the uh, a better mindset or whatever. But like this game needs to be an example to the next coach of this is the- you, you can't let this happen. Yeah. And and you need to figure out why did this happen? Why did this particular game happen? Yeah, I get why Stanford happened. Why did this game happen? And how do you reverse that? Yeah, and the the tough thing is, you know, I it's it's weird because Dante Williams talks about accountability, 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 and not accepting mistakes and making yourself better um, every day and all those things. And I think that those things written out or said are all the right things. Those are what SC should be saying. It should, it should be what SC uh, is buying into and all that stuff. But yet, the results are not here. And I am going to give Dante Williams all the leeway in the world there because it's not like you can just implement any anything mid-season. The, the, the offense and defense remain the same. Yes, it remains the same. It's the same schemes, right? Yeah, same and, players. And you can't just completely reprogram everyone from their mind, their scheme, their psyche, all that stuff. You can't reprogram it overnight. Well, And this is a very difficult task for Dante Williams. This is why... He's never been a head coach before. This is why often you see these coaching changes happen during a bye week. Because yeah. if you needed to reset stuff, if you needed to say, okay, we're going to do something different, at least you then have a bye week. Sure, yeah. And SC didn't have the bye week, but yeah. they beat Washington State nonetheless. And then here they are and, and everything. And it's tough because... The, the it, it's on one hand, well, why is SC losing these games? And I think you can look to it and go like things snowball. They don't know how to withstand adversity right now, um, and they're crumbling and they're letting things snowball. Helton has talked about the shell shock thing. We, we the the players after the game talked about you know, uh, it sometimes yeah it does feel like you need to press. Uh, Helton, I mean, uh, Harold talks about how there wasn't, there wasn't the, the juice on the sideline kind of thing. These things are out there, right? And so you would think that being more accountable and all that stuff would be the, the solution to that. But it's easier said than done. Words are words. Account- Actions are another thing. Accountability matters during the off season. I think so too. Like, I, I think it's very difficult. And and I, I know that one of the things is people want accountability because they they want people to pay for things. Uh, if there's a mistake, they want a direct response to that, yeah. right? And I know it's not satisfying, but you can't always get a direct response to things. Yeah. Like, like okay, if someone makes a bad penalty, I, I, I'm annoyed that I can't remember who said that. If this was a Dante Williams quote or if this was something else I heard of, it's been in my head for the last few weeks and it bothers me. I don't remember where I heard it. Um, But it was a coach talking about how difficult it is to decide about accountability in the middle of a game because different players are different. Some guys you need to bring out for a game and sit them for a game if they make a mistake. Other guys, you can't sit them because... the, the way their psyche is, they need to go back out there and it, you're better off 
knowing they know that they messed up and they're they're going to be better off going mm-hmm. out there and making up for it and they're going to help your team by by making up for it on the next play kind of thing and so part of that is difficult so i don't know that you can just make this flat rule of like oh well you got a penalty so then you're out for the rest of the drive because that's not going to fit everything a one size fits all rule is not going to fit everything for everybody so i i'm i have some leeway with the whole accountability thing but, but you you set that you set that tone in the off season you set yeah. that tone and that's where it comes into play and then you have your little policies for penalties or whatever but like in the middle of a season just saying okay now everyone you're gonna come out of the game if you get a penalty or you're gonna do push-ups if you get a penalty or whatever it's like that's not real accountability that's just like that's just icing so again these are things that i don't think dante williams can change overnight right. i don't think any interim head coach can change overnight and I think that uh, this is also a team that's gone through some weird adversity. And I, I don't know. Like, you know what it is? It's it's when you're, like, really enthusiastic about a new workout routine or whatever. And, like, I do this all the time. I feel really good when I work out. When I, when I go on a hike or when I go on the treadmill or I go for a run, like... I feel really good. I feel really amped up. I'm like, I'm okay. I'm I'm committed. I'm doing this thing. And then you go like the next day and it's like, yeah, two day streak. I'm on it. And then you sort of get to like the third day and you're just like, okay, but now I'm tired. And like, maybe I don't, maybe I can skip today. And then you, so like basically the Washington state game was the, I'm, I'm, I'm hype. I'm amped up. Let's go. Let's go. And then like the reality settled in this past week and suddenly it's like, well, no, actually, it's kind of hard to to like keep keep up that kind of energy yeah. to keep up that uh, that that perception uh, perspective. And it just it all just came crumbling down. And I don't know that it's Dante Williams fault. I don't know that it's an individual player's fault. I just think that this is what happens when you've had erosion and sometimes just the thing collapses and the, the, well, the they don't have anything left to give. Well, like, well, this, this is the other thing is I, so much of, you know, and I know this is misguided, but so much of what I take from games is looking at what other people are saying. And a lot of this comes from Twitter and what people are tweeting us, what other people are tweeting, et cetera. And I saw a lot of people tweeting us like, oh, can you fire uh, Todd Orlando? Uh, Can you make, can Dante Williams make more changes and whatnot? And this goes to the thing of like, so like they've already fired the head coach. From a practical sense, let's, let's walk through this. Let's say you fire Graham Harrell. Okay. So you're gonna you want who Mike Jinks or you want and Mike Jinks Harry Colbert run, or you want they're gonna run Graham Harrell's offense. like what yeah what what do you think is so you're just gonna elevate like, another grad assistant into a into an assistant role I, like I, I know this is not satisfying but there's not a GA on the staff who has like the keys to unlocking well everything. do do they think that the ga on the staff is do, gonna do a better job running the defense than like todd orlando who's a seasoned defensive well, coordinator like, like you look at look at the defensive staff there's nobody yeah. else who's been a defensive coordinator before yeah so it, certainly not for I, an entire and season and i understand like, that like well 
look to the future. Who cares? You can't do worse. Like, I get that mentality, but that's just not how it works. In but you can also do worse. Like, you can do worse. You can lose every game well, from here on I don't on know. Out. I mean, did you see the defense tonight? But yeah. <laughs> the, but. the point is that... So the, yeah, but did you see Utah's offense against uh, a, a, a Washington State? Like, <laughs> not everyone is Oregon State. Not everyone has their their crap together on offense. Like, it will get better on defense. It will get better on offense. We can hope. But like, also, let's just let's be real here, guys. Yeah, let's let's talk about a couple more big picture stuff, and then we'll wrap this thing up. All right, Alicia, we, we brought up the, or I brought up the Twitter stuff. Uh, I want to get to one of the questions that we saw floated out on Twitter. Um, you guys on Twitter were very adamant. Uh, and I thought this was, genuinely, I thought it was fascinating uh, that, the, that the narrative coming out of this game, a game in which SC allowed more than 300 rushing yards for the ninth time since Pete Carroll was the head coach. And in abysmal fashion, because they got gas through the air, too. Uh, and they were abysmal. Awful, right? Eight point, I think it was 8.8 yards per play in the first half Oregon State had. And yet, all Twitter wanted to talk about was how bad the offense was. And there were so many calls for Keaton Slovis to be benched. I think SC fans, certainly on Twitter, are completely out on Keaton Slovis. Done with him. Don't want to see him ever again. People wanting Miller Moss. Um, the interesting ones I saw were tweets that were like, Keaton Slovis is a mobile statue quarterback. We need someone with energy. Bring in Miller Moss. <laughs> Which this... I don't think answers your question there. No. But... Let's let's talk also, about also bring back JT Daniels. <laughs> why why stop there? I mean, go Rocky get Hines. go get Matt Leinart. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> uh, no, let, let, let's talk about Miller Moss and the Miller Moss question. He is QB three or was QB three? He was QB four. Let's be real. He was QB4. Mo Hassan was the was the backup quarterback coming into the season, kids. Yes, um, and then Mo Hassan tears his ACL. Uh, we don't know where that would have. I'm mm, now. I'm sort of intrigued. What would have happened in the quarterback battle? Would Mohassan have gotten three and Dart two? No, Mohassan would have been the, think, the backup. You, yeah, you think Mohassan would have been now Dart for QB two? I'm very confident that Mohassan would have been QB two. Yes. Okay. All right. Let's just either way. Yeah. Miller Moss was QB three as of seven days ago. Yeah. Uh, and then Jackson Dart ends up tearing his meniscus, and he's out. Uh, he's week to week, says Dante Williams. Uh, probably like four which to six is, weeks. Which is, by the way, just as a let's just do this quick aside. What that's such a farce. Like he had surgery, he's out for a few weeks. Don't don't insult our intelligence and act like he might play next week. He's not playing next week. You're creating more of a distraction. Than by saying he's day to day, week I, to week, whatever. Like, well, I just just get it. Like, he's not playing. Stop. Stop it. Stop. I would. I would rather hear in that situation. He's out. We don't know when he'll be back. That's it. Yeah. Like, if if you don't want to, if you want to be coy, I get it. 
Yeah. Every coach in college football yeah. is coy. And SC has had this transparency thing because Pete Carroll and because uh, professional t- sports town and all this stuff. That transparency thing does not translate to anywhere else. Yeah. So every other college football coach is secretive, super secretive, right? Yeah. So I get that aspect of it. But like, yeah. If you don't want to share when he'll be he'll be available. Oh yeah, I don't need don't, them to don't share. Yeah. But but then the but week to also, week thing. He like, had yeah. surgery on yeah. a torn meniscus. Yes. He's not gonna be back. Yeah. But okay, let's get back into right. the into let's the conversation. Talk about the thing. Miller N- Miller Moss. Miller Moss. Miller okay. Moss, the kid who no one at no one outside of people who at practice has seen throw a pass. And the kid, the kid who is a true freshman, did not play last. Who season did not play? His uh, year got coveted. Yes. So, like, okay, I get that people are done with Keaton Slovis, but like Miller Moss was not gonna be. Mill a Miller Moss is not Jackson Dart in the sense that like Miller Moss might be a fine quarterback, but he isn't the mobile dynamic threat that Jackson Dart is. Yes, which which is why that. I think there's a valid case for Jackson Dart being better for the offense. Yes. Because he brings a mobile element Which that is, can that can help the offense systemically because it keeps the defense honest. Which, I think it's a valid argument. Which is like the, the perspective I'm at is that if Jackson Dart were healthy this week, I think we probably would have ended up seeing him get thrown into this Absolutely. game. Absolutely. I think it comes just the as a just as a clearly we need something we need a spark like that's yeah. the spark that was missing like you can find that from jackson dart yeah you don't find that from miller moss i don't think you get that from miller moss and, and that's has nothing to do with miller moss no but miller moss is a true freshman neither jackson dart nor miller moss should be playing this year yes but, but of the two jackson darts the one that makes more sense to just throw in and see what he can do like miller moss has no business playing this year no. And so why are we? Why are people treating him as a savior? Like he's because, not a savior. Because this is how, this is how quarterback narratives are. Yeah. And I understand it. it's a human psyche, right? We have seen Keaton Slovis for two and a half years. We've seen him make every mistake in the book. Mm-hmm. We know what his warts look like. We know what all of his mistakes are. We know. The scent of his poop, right? You know what I mean? <laughs> well, uh, you, uh, okay. Figuratively, figuratively, here. yeah. Y- you get what that's I mean? That's a that's a that's a word. Though. I, that's a phrase phraseology there that I didn't need in it's, my life. It's but like two a.m. Yes. Okay. Uh, you know what I mean? Like we know, we we know the bad. We know things, the good just and like the bad. We know the good things. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And. This is a, and this is independent of Miller, Miller Moss. I mean, it has nothing to do with Miller Moss specifically. You haven't seen his warts. You haven't. But the, here's the funny you thing. You haven't seen his mistakes. You haven't seen his mistakes, but you also haven't seen him do anything good either. Yeah, so that like, doesn't why? matter. That doesn't matter. You haven't seen his mistakes. People aren't mad at Keaton Slovis because of his good things. Yeah. People are frustrated with the bad, the bad things. things. Yeah. And so when you consume you consume it with the bad things and the, and the and the detractions, well, Miller Ross has had no visible detractions because we've never seen him. Uh, and so then one of the arguments for playing Miller Moss is, well, look towards the future. Look for the future. SC needs to look towards the future because 
why not? Mm-hmm. And I put this on Twitter earlier in the week. I think as fans, I think as media, I think as anybody outside the room not connected to the team, absolutely look to the future. Right I mean, now, that's what I was saying about you know, I'd rather watch Jackson Dart. I'd just rather watch him. That's that's it. Who are we, like, what team are you most intrigued about right now? It's the 2022 Trojans, yeah. is it not? Like, yeah. We're, we're going to talk about coaching candidates for the next two and a half, three months. We're going to talk about, like, the future, the future, the future. For really the next 12, 11 months, we're going to talk about the future. Mm-hmm. And we're going to be, like, craving to know about this team what they're going to look like 11 months from now. Because in our minds, uh, you listening to this and us talking about this, the Clay Alton has been uh, relieved of his duties. We're looking towards the future, right? We're on to 2022 mentally. I think it's only right in that case. Yeah, uh, this was like a video game or uh, the NFL where you're or any professional sports league where you tank. Yeah, play the young guys, see what you got, make mental notes of players and all that stuff. That's not this game, and it's also. I think it's you got to remember that the coaching staff does not have the luxury of looking to the future. The coaching staff, they're playing for their jobs. Dante Williams is playing for his job. Graham Harrell is playing for his job. Todd Orlando is playing for his job. All those guys are playing for their jobs. They don't have the ability to, to take the next three months and think about what is best for the development of the 2022 Trojans well, or the 2023 Trojans. Like, also, they don't have that. what's in the best also interest the, of them. There, there are players on this team who are playing for NFL stock. Yes. Like, you know, you know, those guys don't want to just tank. Like, no one on this team wants to tank the season. Yeah. What, who does it benefit to tank the season? Like, And, and when, you, when you put it all together... Keaton Slovis, as it stands is right now, still your best option with Dart Hurt. Also, hundred percent the best option. Also, look to the future. I mean, do you know how you ruin a quarterback? You throw him into the fire before he's ready to face it, and you get him mentally scarred but by being the, overwhelmed. Like, the do you want to do you want to throw Miller Moss out there and have him like ruin him as a quarterback the way the Jets the Jets ruin their quarterbacks every year? Because you you throw them out there and and they're not a not prepared and b wasn't well, that what we talked about with J T Daniels like yeah like, yeah like the system was not working for no him. and 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 he was put in a no win situation yes as it stands now that's not completely different from the situation that Miller Moss will be put in but anyways the other thing I want to mention is so a lot of people were like well he could maybe will a comeback. Again, put your put yourself in the shoes of this coaching staff. You are not you cannot assume you're going to be here next year. You don't care about the 2022-2023 Trojans. You care about this team. Who gives you the best shot? The guy who you've literally seen have multiple double-digit comebacks in his time at USC, Keaton Slovis. Or a guy who was QB3 a week ago that has never taken a meaningful snap outside of that one time that Where he Dart's handed helmet the ball came off. off. Yeah. 
No, like, it's just, like this is nothing to do with Miller Moss. This, this is, is just strictly... no. All it is is grasping at straws. It's just yes. wanting something different, and I'm empathetic to that because I too sit here and say I would have rather watched Jackson Dart play this game than Keaton but, Slovis. But again, but can... also like let's be realistic here and let's like understand what uh, what the circumstances are. And, yes, and the, the circumstances are. SC lost this game on defense because yeah. they couldn't make a stop. Well, and SC, SC lost this game on defense. It also lost this game in the offseason when they didn't fix this offense. The offense is is still not up to up to the level that you need it to be. And, and you know, Graham Harrell owns whatever's going on in Keaton Slovis's head because he looks like a broken man at this point. And we know that he can play better than he's playing right now because we literally saw him do it. So, like... There's a development situation going on there, but it, it's it's just, you know, the, USC lost this game in a thousand different ways, and it doesn't all come down to, you know, change the quarterback and suddenly it's all going to be okay. Like Bringing in Miller Moss would, was not going to help them stop would, the fly would, would Jackson Dart have given USC a better chance in this game? Possibly. Might Jackson Dart have thrown five interceptions in this game? Possibly. Like, I don't know. Uh, all I know is that is that like I think people are frustrated, and I get why they're frustrated. But yeah, there's also some some n- unrealistic things that are getting thrown out there as the solution to a problem that doesn't. The solution has already been reached. Well, that's they the fired other thing. Clay yes. Hilton, yes. and 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 at least now we get to sit back and say like, and I was saying, you know, Dante Williams gets to compete for this job until he loses it. Well, guess what? He just lost it. So now we can set that to the side and, and see, you know, look, look to the future. I don't, I don't know. Alicia, uh, I don't know if you remember, but, uh, Clay Helton lost like big to Oregon and that didn't stop. Yeah. But Clay Helton, as, as I keep saying, Clay Helton did not earn the job. And I was actually <laughs> wanting Dante Williams to earn the job. Not that I wanted, but like that was going to be my standard. He, you know, he lost it. That's fine. Now you don't have to worry about it. But like the fact of the matter is, I and and I got called out for like calling this a meaningless season because yeah, no no season is meaningless. It's not meaningless to Drake London. It's not meaning, meaningless to those guys. But like, but also, this season with now an interim lame duck staff, like it's about as meaningless as they come though because. The solution is already like it's it's already in place. There will be a new coach by you know December January. There will be a new coaching staff at that time. There will be a new era of of USC football, and that era might be better or worse. But like the change is coming. We just have to go through this transition period where it's going to be kind of painful because there is no solution right now. There literally is no right. solution. Yeah, and I know that that's very not satisfying. It's extremely not satisfying. And, and, and we all want the satisfying but I think resolution. That's all, but but that's I think that's the, also why I'm like so like I people always expect me to like to come on the car cast and like rant and stuff. It's like I don't there's not there's nothing to rant about. There's not like there's it it just well, you is can what be it like is. Me and just T- like, tip your cap to well, we could rant about Twitter and and well, USC fans and, driving and us crazy. By the way, about the coaching I, I search. hate being that guy who just gets in the podcast and bitches about Twitter. Yeah, I I don't like. Yeah, being but that we guy. like live on Twitter, so we it's just what we experience. I just don't like being that. But guy. but like either way, like I just sort of sit back and go, tip your cap to Oregon State. Um, make a mental note of 
of who did and didn't fight the way that you want them to fight for your team and you know move on move on to next week move on to the week after that like there's nothing there's this staff will not be coaching these players next year so you know i i'm not trying to like turn people off of the season but there's there's just there's nothing more to to learn the only thing you can sort of sit back as a usc fan is hope that Mike Bone was paying attention to how much work actually needs to be done to turn this team into a championship contender. Yeah. Because right now they don't look it. No. Anyways, Alicia, how excited are you for the Russian Grand Prix? Well, it is 2.13 a.m. The race is at 5 a.m., so you're going to get in about two and a half hours of, of sleep? Oh, when you put it like that... That's not fun. I think I'm going to end up pulling an all-nighter. So mm. I'm excited because I get to watch the F3 race, the F2 race, and then the F1 race. I'm a sicko, okay? You you are way too in, like excited and enthusiastic. Like, you are pumped. way too awake this, at this point. Like, this, I should, this it's 2 a.m. I should be not insane. be awake right now. It's like, going to be insane. We got Max starting at the back <sighs> along with Leclerc and now Botas who has an engine penalty. Mm-hmm. He's taking it too. Mercedes getting diabolical, giving him an engine penalty, so that way they can purposely try to block Verstappen from coming through the field. Lando Norris on pole, Alicia. Lando Norris on pole. Your guy, Carlos Sainz in P2. George Russell, for the second time this season, out-qualifies Lewis Hamilton in a Williams? Do so you realize you're talking about a race that by the time people hear this will have already been done? I don't care. <laughs> okay, that's fine. By the way, if you listen to this before before the race... No, 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 no. Those, those, no, don't, don't do that. What? Don't do that. No, people who are... Li- if, if you are listening to this and that race has not already happened, stop, turn it off, and go to sleep, please. No, like don't if you're do that to listening yourself. to this before the Russian Grand Prix, tweet us with a code word. What is the code word, Alicia? The code word is Sochi? I don't know. Is there a better mm. code word? I'm not a fan of it. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, tweet us the words code word. Yeah, there you go. Uh, email us, text us, I don't know, call into the rant line, 213-373-1872. Uh, that's the phone number. Uh, email address for info at fansad.com. Uh, Alicia, final word, you got anything? Nothing? Nope? All right, cool. Uh, we're going to get... The final word is pillow, as in I'm going to go lay down and cuddle my pillow and sleep. All right, sounds good. Uh, you, you can get your two and a half hours sleep for the rest. All right, see ya. See ya. American Giant makes the durable, comfortable spring closet staples you need for work, the gym, and even happy hour. Made in America. Designed to last a lifetime. Get 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com with code STAPLE20.